0: Welcome to the OKC Community Podcast. We are so glad you're here. For more information about us, please visit our website at okccommunitychurch.com. Well, here, here's the deal. We are so glad you're here today. We are so excited, um, and we want to keep echoing that we're thankful you're here. We know that when we come together on a day like this, um, we celebrate Christmas together, just reminds you of family, it reminds you of the fact that we're a family and that this is all a gift, you know, one of the greatest, the greatest gift the world has ever been given is Jesus. But I think that we also get to remember today, and I'm reminded on days like this, but that together today, um, this is a gift too. Like being in this room together is a gift. You know, having a place to come together and worship is a gift. And and I think about even just the fact that we have one another and what a gift that, that this is a gift. I never want to get used to this gift. You know what I'm talking about? Like that that the church, the body of believers that, that God gave the world. It's truly a gift. Anybody agree with that? Amen. Amen. And so uh, it's just a gift to be with you today. Hey, one small update I wanted to share that I'm very excited about. Um, so our little doorway project between our church and the Tower Theater, uh, well, it actually hit a bit of a snag last week that like made my heart almost stop and I started to pass out and almost die. But um, but then I, you know, was brought back to life because, because everything kind of went... It, this little moment happened, and then it kind of broke through, and everything's good. So every approval that we needed, that we were kind of waiting on, I know that sounds like I thought we already had all that. We, we did have all of it, except just a couple little things, and they all happened, and so now we're good to go, which is great, right? And so we're excited about that, and so um, so in a couple of weeks, you'll be, you'll be actually starting to see work being done, and so we can truly say in the Christmas season, right, that um, there's been a miracle on 23rd Street. <laughs> all right. Um, probably a little bit better than 34th Street. I don't know. I've always been particular to 23rd. Um, Anyway, I want to make our time today fairly simple, but also very intentional. Uh, I want to celebrate Jesus. I want to celebrate what he's doing. And and so, I'm going to talk for just about 20 minutes. I know we got kids in here, so it won't be long. And then we're going to uh, just end our time focusing on Jesus and honoring Christ through communion. And so, that's going to be happening as we close tonight or th- th- this, this morning. And so, I want to begin, though, by talking about this nativity scene. You can see I have one up here. How many of you have a nativity scene? scene of some sort in your home, you have one of these things. Uh, a lot of us do, probably most of us have at least uh, had one in our home at some point. And so I have, a, I have a, a, quip, a quick pop quiz for you that you get to tell with your neighbor again. Uh, I want you to name all of the usual uh, figures, if you will, people that you would see in a nativity scene, all right? Most of you probably have an idea of what these are. So tell the person next to you all the different people that are going to be in this scene. Go for it. All right. How many of you guys said Jesus? How many of you guys made sure you said Jesus? Yeah, don't forget him. He's kind of a big one. Um, how many of you guys said wise men? Wise men, magi, whatever, the wise men there. Yeah. How many, how many wise men were there? Yeah, if you said three, you're maybe wrong. I like to just tell people that you're maybe wrong. You might not be wrong. You might be right. But we don't actually know how many wise men were We know how many gifts there were, correct? And how many gifts were there? Yeah, there were three gifts, but it could have been carried by two people. It could have been carried by four, and there could have been one guy that was like really cheap. You know what I mean? Or it could have been like 15. We don't really know. It really doesn't matter. But the thing is that there were three gifts, and we have this picture of Jesus, of course, lying in a manger, and there's Mary, his adoptive father Joseph, these wise men, and maybe some donkeys or some camels or sheeps with an S. I don't know. But a lot of you, I know, are very astute in your Bible knowledge, and you already know everything there is to know about Christmas, um, and so I'm not going to say anything new to you today. For example, you probably know that the nativity scene isn't completely biblically accurate, right? Meaning that the wise men couldn't have actually been here seeing Jesus at the manger scene. Um, they, they were maybe at best traveling to right, while this happens. And so if you're going to set it up in your house, you probably want to have Jesus and Mary and Joseph in the living room where you have them now, and then maybe put the wise men in the kitchen. You know what I mean? Something like that. You can do whatever you want, but this isn't really telling the story of one night. This is the telling the story of the birth of Christ, right? That there's, there's, there's kind of over a season. This is, this is what this represents, so you can feel good about putting them all here. It's representative of the story, all right? You don't have to actually put them in the kitchen to be biblically accurate, but here's the thing. We read about this birth in a few different accounts, but the story of the wise men happens in one account, which is in Matthew chapter 2, and I'm just going to read that story. We're going to talk about it a little bit, but it says this. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, so this is all the Bible scholars, basically, he inquired of them, where is the Christ to be born? And they told him, well, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it was written by the prophet. So they they actually quote from Micah chapter 5, verse 2, something that had been written 700 years prior to this moment. So this is a prophecy of something that is to come. And it says, And you, O Bethlehem, the land in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word so that I, too, may come and worship him, which, if you know the story, is a complete lie. Herod, of course, has want nothing, he, he wants nothing to do with worshiping. I mean, he actually wants to hunt him down and do away with him because he's a threat, right, to his kingship. After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that, had, that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was, the baby Jesus, when the star, when they saw the star they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy and going to the house they saw the child with Mary and his mother or with Mary his mother and they fell down and worshiped him then opening their treasures they offered him gifts gold frankincense and myrrh and being warned in a dream not to return to Herod they departed to their own country by another way. And so the story is one that a lot of us are familiar with. And in this particular account of it, you know, Herod and the wise men are very clearly important figures in the story along, of course, with Mary, Joseph, and Jesus. But there's a few other kind of figures and characters in this particular account that I think are interesting. For example, the Bible scholars that are mentioned are sort of interesting to know more about. They talk about the city. The whole city was stirred up. The whole city was a little bit disturbed, troubled, by this news that they had heard about the Messiah. And so these wise men you got to imagine a story they come from the east, right? They come from a long ways off. They arrive in the city of Jerusalem for somehow some way they've gotten this word, this picture from the Lord, this word from the Lord that there was a Messiah being born, a new king of uh, the nation of Israel, and so they felt like, hey, we got to go to Jerusalem. So they show up in Jerusalem, which is where you would think the king would be, but he's not there. So you imagine they go into the, see the king, and they see Herod, and they say, hey, we're looking for the king, but not you, a different king. And I'm sure that went over well with Herod, right? And and so uh, and then they go probably and they look, maybe he's in the temple or maybe he's, in the, he's not in the palace. He's not in the temple. He's not even in the city where we expect him to be. So they call all the scribes in. They call all the, the Bible teachers in. Now these are the people who make their living teaching the word of God. These are the people who know everything about the word of God, right? And they ask them the question, well, where? Where is he supposed to be born? Because we feel like he's been born. We want to see him. Where has he been born? And they quote the 700-year-old prophecy. Well, he's going to be born in Bethlehem. Now, you got to imagine this moment. It says that the whole city was stirred up. Was, it actually was troubled, meaning that they, the news had spread. It wasn't like it's contained to the palace. It had gotten out to the city, and the whole city is like, wow, this news that there's potentially the Messiah's been born. Now, why is that a big deal? A lot of you know that this story of the Messiah was the thing that everybody had been waiting on. It was something that they had said, you know, someday, our land is gonna be healed. Someday our people are gonna be saved. There's gonna be a king that's born. And they've been saying the story over and over again. They've been singing the songs. And this is the story like when you show up at your at your feast and your festival. Like this is the story that gets told. This is the grandpa's story that gets told all the time. This is the one. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's gonna be this Messiah and he's gonna come. And so you as a little you you as a little you know, child of, of Israel would hear that story growing up and you would know that story. And so they're stirred up And the leaders, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, they hear this news. Don't you think they should be running to to Bethlehem? (laughs) I mean, at the off chance, shouldn't they at least be curious? Like, what if this is true? What if this is real? Maybe we should go check this out. Maybe we should go investigate it. During biblical times, just so you know if you're wondering how far that was, Bethlehem was six miles from Jerusalem. It's not very far. I mean, it's not 20, 30, 50. It's not some long journey. It's like literally like a pretty close suburb. You know what I'm saying? Like this is, they don't have longs to go. And the Bible scholars would hear about this. And there's nothing in the scriptures that indicate that they did anything. In fact, it looks like they did absolutely nothing. Not one of them left, which is a bit strange. That's like us saying, hey, I think Jesus is returning. He's in Midwest City. And We're like, ah, not a big fan of Midwest City. (laughs) They go pass. Right? Maybe we're too, and then I think there's some things in here for us, right? Perhaps maybe, maybe these, maybe these Bible scholars, they were just too busy to actually go and check this out. Maybe they were just too wrapped up in what they were already doing, that the idea of God doing a new thing just wasn't all that interesting. They've got plenty to think about. Fact they've really really already know all the word anyway, they're strong, they don't need new things, they don't need new news, they don't you know, it's just and then their defense, I mean I mean it doesn't sound terribly different than some of us and the way we react to the Lord and so for me when I look at this nativity scene, I, I think it's I think it's powerful to consider a few questions, and one of them is what's missing from it? What's missing from the scene? And I think it's his people. I think it's his, his rabbis and his Bible scholars and the people that, co- that claim to be the ones stirred up about the story, they're not here. And I think, I think it's interesting also to think about how these Bible scholars, they, they responded so promptly to the wise men, did they not? They show up? They' were right there for the meeting. They're ready to give their answers. And the wise men left for Bethlehem, and the Bible scholars didn't. And I find that this is true in life for so many of us, that we're so quick to respond to people and so slow to respond to the Lord. That people come into our life, and they have some some, some sort of measure of importance to us. These wise men must have been important. They show up, and everybody, everybody lets them go straight to the king, right? They, they had some level of importance and when people in, that are important in our life they ask something of us we we feel like we must you know do whatever to please them yet with when it comes to god's guidance yet when it comes to the instruction or teaching that we receive i don't know how quick we are to respond i mean sometimes it's not even just the 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 the, the truths that we see in his word but sometimes we We hear a sermon, or we read a scripture, or we read a book, and there's something that stirs up within us, a conviction, right? You're like, oh, I'm called to action. I don't know if you've ever had that moment. You're like, i got to go do something now. And then what happens for so many of us, we get fired up. But then we're really slow to actually translate that into action, if it ever even materializes. And I don't know, maybe this is just me. But when I think about this story... There's a lot going on in it. There's a lot going on in it that I think speaks to how sometimes I don't feel all that determined. I don't feel all that relentless in my pursuit, if you will, of Jesus. And I think about these three wise men. They had traveled seemingly a long distance at great expense and inconvenience. And they were determined to find Jesus. I mean, they went to Jerusalem even if they weren't interested, they were still interested. And there's something compelling about what these men did. You got to imagine the story. Like this story, what's happening is they had, God had said something to them. They had felt something in their, in their, inside their heart that they must go and do. And they were willing to go and do it no matter if they they looked crazy doing it. I mean, they, I don't know if you've ever felt like, hey, God's given me something. I feel a little bit crazy. Like they were willing to like, just push past that and say, I'm, I'm going to go after what I believe God has said, and I'm going I'm I'm to pursue this. I'm going to be relentless and determined in this. And I think for some of us, like, there's a story alive in this. The subtleties inside this story, this isn't just caricatures of, of, of Christmas. It's a story of determination and calling. In a moment, we'll talk about a story of worship. So they arrive, right? They arrive in Matthew chapter two, when I, I read a moment ago. Um, but in verse eleven, and, and I'm just going to say a few more things after this. But it, it says this: it says, "On coming to the house," it doesn't say "On coming to the manger." By the way, so th- most people believe that you know there was a Mary and Joseph had moved into a house in Bethlehem during the young days and weeks and months of, of Jesus. And uh, but it says, "On coming to the house." Um, They saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. So they arrive at this house, and they immediately bow down to worship him. And they present him with these three gifts. Now, these three gifts are pretty powerful gifts. These aren't just any gifts. These gifts are actually gifts that you present to a king. So these aren't just like, oh, let's get some treasure we have oh, I got a little myrrh, let's take it. No, this is, this is like traditional gifts given to a king. And so, like I said, there's so many subtleties in this story that are just really, really powerful. First of all, these, these, these wise men are from different nations, symbolizing the fact that Jesus would be a king to all nations from this point forward. And so he comes, and he is, now, he is now a king to all nations, and the other nations are bowing down in his presence as soon as they meet him, as soon as they see him. They're bowing down. I mean, it's 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 so powerful for us, and and they did this right. They're on this journey. They're relentlessly pursuing. And how how were they led to Jesus? What did they follow? They followed this star in the sky, Remember the way we could say it is maybe they followed the light of God, right? And Jesus, he says what he says that he says in Matt, or excuse me, in John chapter eight. He says he says, "I am the light of the world." Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but they will have the light of life. This is like the perfect verse for Advent, by the way. But there's this picture that there's the light of Jesus that we can pursue, that we can follow, and it will lead us to life, right? And And there's this picture right here in this story of a group of people who followed that light that was the lamp to their feet. It was the light to their path. That they followed that light to the place that they felt like God was leading them. The subtleties should not go unnoticed. Who's missing? Who's not there? Who was too busy? Who was distracted? Who was disinterested? Who had other things to do? Who thought they already had it figured out? Who was the one relentlessly pursuing? How did they follow him? They followed the light of God. What what did they do when they encountered Jesus? They bowed in their presence and they gave him gifts that were worthy of a king. I mean, the subtleties in this story is not just some caricature that should end up in plastic in our yards, but it's one in which we connect with the story and we're reminded that we must bow down and worship our king. That we must be willing to pay attention to the new thing that he's doing. That we must, we must every once in a while think and realize we don't have it all figured out even if we have a lot of Bible answers that perhaps maybe there's going to be the moments where we have to drop everything once again and run to Jesus. I just wish there was like a story right there of one of those Bible scholars saying, what? Are you serious? Who's coming? Let's go, everybody. And he's like charging out of the city. I just wish that story was there. Like, I just, I just, I'm like, Lord, would I I do that? I don't, I don't know. I, 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 there's a fear inside of me that I would be one of those others going, wow, this is kind of crazy, man. Maybe. Ooh, I don't know. Let us know what you find out. I kind of feel like that might be what I do. And I'm like, Lord, I don't want to be that. I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be missing in the great moments that you bring into this world. When you show up and your presence is made powerful right in front of us where we can touch and see the things of God. I don't want to be one standing in the background going, well, I think I know where God's going to show up. Good luck. You know, the people in, you know, the scene of the nativity, you know, it's pretty cool. Like it's, we talked about the wise men. There's a few other people that we always talk about in this. And the shepherds are one, right? The shepherds are often in the nativity. And what's cool about the story of the shepherds, I'll just touch on this, is that they were usually the outcasts of the society. They were seen as unclean. They were always touching dead things. They were just not, they weren't allowed to be in religious ceremonial kind of moments. And so they were sort of marginalized, pushed to the edges. But who did the angels show up to and invite into the front row seat? Of the coming of the king. The outsiders, the marginalized, those who weren't always accepted. Shepherds, come right on in. And then Mary and Joseph, they're there, who, by the way, are beautifully ordinary, normal people that were so undeserving of this moment and so in over their head. Sounds like all of us, right? They're right there in that moment. And then, of course, these wise men from different nations who understand and recognize the power of the King. That's who's there. The subtleties cannot go unnoticed. So may, my friends, this morning, may we be um, quick to respond to God and not just the people in our life. Amen? May we not miss the work that God is really doing, while we go on with normal business. Amen? May we be people who look to bow and worship Jesus instead of looking, as Herod did, to protect our own selves. Amen? So I believe in order to best honor Jesus this morning, I mean, there's a lot of things that we could do and should do, I'm sure, but to just turn our hearts to him and to focus on him. And in Hebrews 12, verse two, it says, to fix your eyes on Jesus. That's the verse we talked about last week. Earlier in Hebrews, the writer says, to focus your thoughts, to focus your mind on Jesus. And so I thought we'd just spend a few moments doing that in a culture where we just don't pause and focus for a few moments we can just focus our thoughts on jesus this morning and um and how we're going to do that is we're actually going to just think for a few minutes before we you know remember jesus through communion and so we have a few people who are going to be helping pass out uh, those communion uh, elements and you're going to see a basket come along with and it has a little juice cup in it you can grab that and it also has a cracker and if you're a christian and you want to um participate in community day you can just grab those and then hold on to those and we'll do this together in just a few minutes but uh, you guys that are doing that and passing that out if you go ahead and start passing those baskets and I'm gonna invite my friend Matt to come and Matt uh, is gonna read more about this story uh, of Jesus more about this story um, that we hear about at this Christmas season and he's just gonna read from Luke
1: chapter 2. that night in a field near Bethlehem there were shepherds watching over their flocks suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared in radiant splendor before them lighting up the field with the blazing glory of God and the shepherds were terrified but the angel reassured them saying don't be afraid for I have come to bring you good news the most joyous news the world has ever heard and is for everyone everywhere for today in Bethlehem a rescuer was born for you he is the Lord Yahweh the Messiah you will recognize him by this miracle sign you will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a feeding trough then all at once a vast number of glorious angels appeared and the, ver- the very armies of heaven and they all praised God singing glory to God in the highest realms of heaven for there is peace and a good hope given to the sons of men when the choir of angels disappeared back to heaven the shepherds said to one another let's go Let's hurry and find this word that is born in Bethlehem and see for ourselves what the Lord has revealed to us. So they ran into the village and found their way to Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in a feeding trough. Upon seeing this miraculous sign, the shepherds recounted what had just happened. Everyone who heard the shepherd's story was astonished by what they were told. But Mary Mary treasured all these things in her heart and often pondered what they meant. The shepherds returned to their flock, ecstatic over what had happened. They praised God and glorified him for all they had heard and seen for themselves, just like the angel had said. Thanks, Matt.
0: So good. Well, I want to take, before we take the bread and the cup, um, I just want to allow you to fix your thoughts on Jesus. And and in order to do that, uh, I just figured that it would be a good time to just maybe just close our eyes and just consider the thought, what do you think of when you think of Jesus? And beyond the nativity, although you can reflect on that, what comes to mind? What are the things that maybe he he means to you? Maybe the, the stories of the scripture that, that that's come to mind when you think of Jesus and his character and his goodness. And so I just want you to, f- to, f- to focus your thoughts on Jesus. We're just going to quietly do that. And so if you just close your eyes, kind of let your mind wander to Jesus for now and just just focus on him just think on him what do you think of when you think of Jesus consideration as you continue to focus on him is, you know, the wise men, and then as we just read in the scriptures, the shepherds, their response was to worship Jesus when they heard the news. Um, and so maybe perhaps the question is, what, what could your response be this week As we celebrate Christmas, what could your response to Jesus be this week as we celebrate Christmas? So allow your mind to just thought, how could I worship Jesus this week in some way? Maybe it's different than anything you've done before. Maybe it's just a way to honor him in your life. But maybe just think for just a moment, what's something that I could do to respond to Jesus this week as I celebrate Christmas? Just a few moments on that. All right, you can look up here and, uh, you know, you can go ahead and kind of peel back the foil of your cup there. And I just want to make a comment about communion, but we're about to take this this uh, piece of bread um, that Jesus first, you know, years after the nativity scene, he's around a table with his disciples and he starts to take, he takes this bread and he breaks it and he says, this, this bread that we're eating, it represents my body that will that will be given for you. And I want you to remember me when you do this in the future, I want you to do this act again and remember what I've done for you. And we remember that Jesus sacrificed himself for us, that he came and he lived a life. He was was fully God, but he was also fully human. And when he died on that cross, he died for you and me. And so we remember that today with gratitude in our hearts, with worship in our hearts. And so today we take this bread remembering Jesus. Then after the bread, he took the the cup. He said, this cup will represent my blood that will be spilt for you. And he explained that the blood of Jesus would be, and we've come to understand that the blood of Jesus is what covers a multitude of things, including every sin that we ever commit, in order to reconcile us with God. It's by the power of the blood of Jesus that we are washed clean, that we are purified, that we are made whole in Jesus. It is one sacrifice for all time and after he made that sacrifice and was raised back to life he sat down at the right hand of the father in heaven as a conqueror over sin and death and so we take this cup remembering the power of jesus in his blood well father we pray that as we as we remember that today that we just are filled with gratitude and thanks and we pray that as we now enter into worship that Lord this, this time of worship would just be all about you lifting you high and loving everything that you've done for us in your name we pray everybody said amen would you stand with us and we'll continue to worship we hope you've enjoyed this week's message if there's anything we can pray with you about or if you have questions about God we'd love to talk with you please visit our contact page at OKC communitychurch.com.